Are you one of those people who doesn't like change? You wish that you could just get to a certain part of your life and everything be well laid out and organized and arranged exactly as you want it so you never have to make another change in your life? It's nice to think about. It's not very realistic though, is it? Transformation occurs after we decide to allow change into our lives. And while we say we want change because we don't like the reality we have, actually implementing the change and dealing with the consequences is another matter. This week's article and podcast focuses on change and habit and how to know when it's time to make changes. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul congruent, mind expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. I have to admit it, I'm a creature of habit, and I don't like having my habits interfered with. I have a morning habit, a bedtime habit, I have work habits, and I have many energy habits. Habits establish routine. They help us navigate our lives, and they give our reality a sense of stability. But habits become ruts, and when we are faced with change, our habits become the sticky point in our transcension process. When it's time to change, we have to make changes and to be willing to disintegrate the stable reality our habits have created to allow for transformation. It isn't easy to change a habit, as you know, if you have habits like I do. I laughingly call myself a creature of habit because I always do things in a specific way. My morning routine is especially habitual. I get up, make coffee, drink one cup, then I eat breakfast, clean the kitchen, empty the dishwasher if it needs it, and then I get ready for my day. Now, if I don't do those things in the same order one day, my entire day feels out of whack. Are you like this too? Sometimes our habits keep us locked into mindsets, energy patterns, and activities that aren't beneficial, efficient, or productive. But it isn't until a big problem arises that we consider altering our habits, and even then, we do it under extreme protest. It isn't our fault because, as I said, habits create stability. So changing our habits destabilizes our lives in some way, and then we have to learn to do things in a different way. Nobody likes to do that. I'm experiencing this in my life right now, and especially in my business, for the past few months. If you follow me on Facebook, you know that in August, my laptop crashed in a spectacular way, completely erasing the hard drive. 
Now, I didn't lose any data because I have multiple backup systems, but I had that laptop for over five years and I was used to it. I liked the screen. I liked the way the keyboard worked and I had everything on it arranged in a way that I liked it. I had to reconfigure another laptop and a desktop to work on and it's okay, but it's taken time for me to get used to it, especially the keyboard and I do a lot of typing. Then, when I was setting up my new computers, I tried to install my existing copy of Microsoft Office, only to discover that it wouldn't install. Now, I've had this version since 2003, and I was very familiar with how it worked. I've used that version of Word. Actually, since I began writing in 2003, I've used that version of Word ever since I began writing and channeling. I thought about upgrading to a new version of Office, but I didn't like how they had changed the menus in Word, and I already had a copy on my computer that worked just fine until I had to change and upgrade to the new Office version. I'm still trying to figure out where everything is, and it's really upset my work habits as far as writing and productivity, but I'm getting there. Change comes when we need to shift how we do things, how we think, how we act, how we maneuver in our lives, as well as how we maneuver in the world. Our habits allow us to operate on energetic autopilot. We don't have to think about what we're doing because our habits don't require thinking. Have you ever been driving in your car and arrive at a destination only to realize that you haven't been paying attention for the last 20 minutes. One minute you're in your car, the next minute you're there and you're thinking, wow, who's been driving the car? Because I can't remember anything. Guess what? Driving is a habit. That's why it's so hard for those of us who've learned to drive on the left side of the car for us to go to places like Australia, the UK, and drive on the right side of the car. Habits override our awareness. They excuse us from paying attention and protect us from change. Until change comes pounding on the door and we have to change our habits because they no longer work for us. When this happens, we feel lost and confused. We blame the universe for making our life so hard and imposing change on us. But here's a little energy secret about change. We change in spirit long before the desire to consider change arrives in our consciousness. The energy for change is already within us, but we block it with our habits and our fear of change, which is rooted in our fear of being out of control, abandoned, helpless, powerless, and defenseless. If we see change as a potential enemy of our peace of mind, peace of heart, and joy, then we'll use our habits as a shield to prevent change from intruding in our reality, disrupting our habits, and basically messing everything up. But once the energy of change has infiltrated our energy field, we cannot hold back the tide of change for long. We can either open the door to change and let it in, or, or we wait until it knocks the door down and us in the process. I knew my laptop was having issues for several weeks before it crashed, but setting up a new computer and getting used to it takes time. I was busy and I liked my laptop and I didn't want to change it. So when it crashed in a most spectacular way, while I was also out of town, I knew I'd reached a point of no return. I had to change to get a new computer system set up 
Luckily, I had already changed the habit of having only one computer and then changing it out when the previous one failed. I have three computers, so the loss of one wasn't the catastrophe it could have been. Our habits don't just extend to what we do. We also have energy habits that dictate how much energy we receive, its frequency and vibration, what we do with it, how we use it, and who we share it with. I think we'd be surprised to know how much of our energy goes to the maintenance of our habits and the stability and control they give us, then to preparing ourselves for change and allowing our mental, emotional, and physical habits to alter. But when faced with change, especially change we don't want or we feel victimized by, we hold our habits in front of us as a shield and post a big no entrance sign on our energy field. During these times, we can't forget that the energy to support change is already within us. It begins to slowly drip into our consciousness, and we become aware of the desire for change in those moments when we look at something and decide it's no longer right for us. What we're doing no longer works for us, or we just don't feel aligned with things in general. This is our soul's whispered encouragement to allow change to happen because change energy comes from source. We continue to get hints at the presence of the energy for change when we find ourselves randomly organizing closets and cabinets. You go into the kitchen to get a glass of water and the next thing you know, every dish, every pot and pan is on the kitchen counter and you are washing down your cupboards and reorganizing everything. I always mention when this happens to me, and I laugh about it when I post on Facebook, and you would be surprised at how many people do the same thing. And I've noticed over the probably last 10 years that when there are big energy downloads and big energy shifts and a lot of energy movement, I get the urge to organize things, clean them out, straighten them up, get rid of things, inventory my things, what I don't need anymore. It's not that I can't help myself. It's that's just what the energy feels like to me. Organizing, making things more efficient, getting rid of loose ends, pulling back on the energy, making sure that your energy is close to you, giving yourself that option of being able to look at something and say, I'm done here. I don't need this anymore. I'm pulling my energy out of this thing. We continue to get hints at the presence of the energy for change when we find ourselves randomly organizing closets and cabinets, getting rid of things we thought we would keep forever, or something in our lives changes in a big way, like we get fired or laid off, a relationship ends, we get sick, or we have to make a change because every other path is closed off to us. I call this running out of energy road. I have a good friend who is a lovely person. He has a terrible diet, doesn't take care of his body, even though I've always offered to help him and to teach him how to cook healthier food, to help him with his supplements. He just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Well, one day I get a call from the hospital and it's him and he is in the hospital. He had a heart attack and his doctor had just come into his room and given him a stern talk about his diet and his lifestyle and his health and the fact that he was lucky to be alive and he needed to make some changes. So my friend called me and he said, you've been wanting to have this conversation with me for a long time. It's time and I'm ready to listen. 
Now, I had known him for more than a decade and had not badgered him with it, but I had talked to him once in a while. And if he came to eat at my house, it's only healthy food in my house. There's no processed food. There's no junk food. None of that. In fact, it annoys my children when they come visit because everything has to be cooked because I simply don't buy processed food. Sometimes they will stop by the store and pick up their own food if they want something that they know they aren't going to be able to find at my house. They'll go and buy their own supply, which is fine. I make them take whatever's left over home with them. But my friend wasn't ready to listen. He just didn't want to make the changes. For him, it would be too restrictive. And he had a background. He had an extremely strict, I want to say abusive father who physically and mentally abused his children, especially his sons. And I think my friend's bad diet was one of his ways of protesting against that. Like, I'll just do whatever I want and you can't do anything about it. But I could hear a catch in his voice when he called me from the hospital. And when I went to see him and sat down and I took his hand and I said, look, I'm here for you. What do you need? He burst into tears. He said, I don't want to die. I'm ready to make the changes. I don't care what they are. And I said, okay, I'm here to help. And I helped him. He got out of the hospital a few days later. I had made some food for him that was already prepared. He had someone staying with him and he gradually got himself back to to a state of health that he had never had because he'd always had such a terrible diet. He got himself back to a state of health where he could live without fearing that every day was going to be his last. The point I'm making here is I was this resource for him. He knew, he knows my knowledge of nutrition and supplements and, and essential oils and herbs and things like that is vast. I've been studying this for decades because of my own health issues. So he knew that as a resource, I was going to be here for him. I wanted to help him, but he didn't want to change. He saw change as disempowering him, as giving in to his father, as no longer having control until he didn't have control. His heart stopped and he nearly died. Then he was ready to make the changes that would allow him to live, but he had still had made a choice. You know, I call these exit points, and I know a lot of you have reached out to me, a lot of you have lost loved ones, and it's comforting for you to hear that, that there are exit points, there are points at which you just choose, hey, you know what, it's time for me to go. And there are a lot of those now. He had an exit point, he had to choose to stay here, because he could very well have died, and it would have been okay too. But he chose to stay, knowing that if he chose to stay, he was going to have to make some changes. It's often, like my friend, when we run out of energy road, when we literally reach the end of the road and we have to make a change, we have to go right or left because there is no road ahead. We have to switch timelines, go in a different direction and do things differently. Now we can allow the change portal to open and then adjust our habits accordingly. We'll have a learning curve, but unfortunately, turning our back on change is not going to stop it from coming. It may be delayed for a short while, which only serves to make the upcoming and inevitable change that much harder. Isn't it funny how we strive for stability, certainty, and predictability, which is why we create habits. And then when we get there, we enjoy the serenity for a few minutes, and then it's time to move ahead. Sometimes a few minutes of serenity stretches into days, weeks, months, or years. Sometimes we forget that we are in an energy prison of our own choosing. 
and yet we wait for someone to unlock our prison doors. And sometimes we develop emotional habits like judgment, criticism, doubt, regret, and fear. Sometimes we develop energy habits like victim consciousness, procrastination, self-sacrifice, and the martyred healer. Do you remember the news story about a woman in Kansas who went to the bathroom in her boyfriend's apartment one day and sat on the toilet and then sat there for two years and refused to get up and refused to leave? Finally, after two years, when she became ill and had to be transported to the hospital, the paramedics had to remove the toilet seat with a pry bar and bring it along because it was fused to her body. Her skin had grown around it and it was now attached to her physical body. Habits create ruts and reality bubbles that mimic safety, but they're really just a reflection of our doubts, fears, insecurities, and our desire to be in control. We were not created with boundless creativity as master manifestors and energy movers to create a life that becomes ensconced in a safe, secure, opaque reality bubble that we never move out of. As comforting as it is to have stability, we pay for it at the cost of our creativity, power, and energy potential. When we allow change to happen with divine harmony and the flow of energetic congruence, we are aware of the revolving door of energy movement. Remember, this is a term that I use for the things since about 2008 that describes how energy moves. Whatever's coming out of our lives will be replaced by something that is entering into our lives. And when we can appreciate the rigidity of our habits for the security they offer, while also realizing that as master manifestors and energy movers, we don't need physical stability to have energetic security. We can value our habits for what they are, a way to do things without having to think too hard about them and a means of staying organized. Many of the habits I developed came out of having children. One of my children has Asperger's, so habits, schedules, the rigidity, that was absolutely essential in our house for him to manage his behavior. And I'm an organized person by nature. Having a fairly rigidly scheduled set of habits for dinner, for a bath time, for doing homework, for the way the house was run, for different things we needed to do, it was easy for me to get stuck in my habits. I've shared the story with you before of when my last child left home, it took me about six months to realize that I didn't need to sit down at the table at six o'clock every night and have dinner, which had been our habitual dinner time. We've had dinner at six o'clock since I can remember. And every night I would fix my dinner by myself, sit down at the table by myself and eat. And one night I wasn't that hungry and I'm poking at my food and I'm thinking, oh, I'm not very hungry. I guess I could put my food away. And I thought, wait a minute, I don't have to eat at six o'clock. I can eat anytime I want and I can actually make anything I want to eat, even if I just want to have a salad for dinner and no one's going to complain. It took me six months though to change the habit of dinner at six o'clock and everything's on the table and everything's hot and ready to be eaten. The change we fear has already happened on the spiritual level, and eventually we will be at war with ourself and our soul as we resist the change that the soul has already created energetic space for. It knows that this change is part of the next step on our journey. 
it knows that this change is part of the next step on our journey. Well, we're hoping we can just take the next step without doing anything different. The desire for change reflects a timeline shift, a portal opening into our field of potential where we will choose our next energy upgrade and soul mission. The more we are at peace with change, the more of the joy, peace, abundance, and love that we can create in our lives. Shine on and embrace change knowing that the energy to support it is always with you. And the more you allow change, the more high vibe energy you can bring into your life and everything that goes with it. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.